Hello everybody, welcome to Optional Opinion. I'm your host, ADV. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hope everyone had a great week. Have a great weekend. Um hope and hopefully everybody is enjoying Splatoon 2 and enjoying the Destiny better too, or whatever you're playing at this moment. On today's topic, it's gonna be actually focusing kind of on me. Yes, I know it sounds weird, but um today's theme. I am because of these. And I'm really going to be talking about the games that I have played in my life that kind of reflects the stuff that made me as a gamer. And I probably covered a little about this with some other discussions, but I want to kind of get like deep, you know, go more into it, go more in depth with this. Um, because there's been many of games that I have played over the 32 years, uh, ever since I was five years old up to now being 37, I have played a lot of games across a lot of platforms and they, whether I beat them or not, there was a lot of things that I got something from them. And I kind of want to focus on just, uh, some games that I've, uh, that really mean a lot to me as a gamer for, uh, these platforms. So, uh, started with the NES. Of course, I, I'm a Nintendo kid. I've been, I was born on Nintendo. Um, and before I go on, shout outs to Corey Derrick. Uh, he was going through some of his old systems and I looked at it and that's what helped me got this topic. Uh, just like reminiscing over these systems and these games that I have with those systems. So shout out to him from NGR radio, my boss. Uh, but, uh, Super Mario Brothers. It, it started me off as a gamer. Um, and before, and I will want to add Atari 2600 because that did also did play a role, but I remember fondly, uh, playing the NES, uh, and starting off with Super Mario Brothers that it used to be a game that I would watch first, but when I picked up the controller, I was able to, um, actually learn how to play a video game, um, timing the jumps, landing safely, knowing, you know, uh, watching where I land that and stuff. Um, remember the power-ups, the specials, um, going through the whole game without doing none of the warp pipes to see if I'm able to handle the challenge in that game. You know, Super Mario Brothers did that, and plus it was a packing game with the Nintendo with two controllers and the gun. I had that deluxe kind of edition. And I remember watching my mom also play this game. You know, my brother, he was good at it too. But I remember fondly for me uh, that seeing my mom play this game actually showed me that my mom was somewhat of a gamer. Like, she still buy Nintendo products and she still play Mario Brothers from time to time. And... You know, she was good, the kind of mom that they would take the controller and with the jump happen, she would move the controller and stuff. And I, 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 you know, I've always been a comical control, uh, person. There were some games that made me frustrated, but never Super Mario Brothers. You know, uh, I played, got to the minus world. I got the 99 man jump off of world 3-1. Uh, but I actually sat down and I played this whole game by myself without doing any of the tricks. Um, and I also played Super Mario Brothers, the Lost Levels on Super Nintendo, and I went through that whole game and beat it too. As hard as it is, I ended up finishing that game, and that one was supposed to be Super Mario Brothers 2, uh, but, um, uh, we ended up getting a different version of it. Uh, so that's why we got the Lost Levels included. 
But yeah, Super Mario Brothers, uh, I, when my brother played it with me, he would be Mario and I would be Luigi. And because you had to wait if your character to die to pick up the controller, my brother would be mad because I was so good <laughs> that I would, I actually, if I die, I would be like four levels ahead of him. So he would have to like literally do the warp cheat to actually try to get close to me or get ahead head of me. And uh for me personally, when he died, I would probably get closer to the end of the game. And you know, that's thirty two levels. So by the time he actually got to world eight, I was like already at eight two and he'll probably be like at world five or something like that. Like I was that good. I was committed to be learning that game inside out. Now I think if I played it, I still could go to that game and it still would present a fresh challenge to me. Cause I haven't played it in years and I think I, I might download it and actually go back and play that game. Um, following up Contra, this was one of the first co-op games that I played with my brother and you know we would do the 30 man uh famous con- uh, konami code up up down down left right left right ba select start for two players or uh ba start for one player and it got to an actual point that uh we we would kind of run it for almost about two hours because we were uh try to run all our uh you know, run all our lives out, or we would just cut the system off every time we beat it. But there's been times that uh, I would put the 30 man code in just to learn the game, you know, die and try again. But now I can actually play Contra by myself and beat it without doing the Konami code. It presented a good challenge, and it showed me that the uh, the spread gun is not the best gun for me. I, it may be for some other people, but not me. I like the machine gun because I'm able to hold the B button down. And because it shoots automatically and stuff, all I have to do is worry about dodging bullets and hitting enemies. Like, And because of that, uh, my brother, you know, he will always fight to get the spread gun. And I will always let him have it. I'm just like, I I just want the machine gun. And that's pretty much it. So, uh, I would get the machine gun. He'll have to spread. And, uh, because the spread gun is, you know, does range. It doesn't shoot as fast as the machine gun. So, uh, and plus, we, because we both had to work together to get through the game, um, it would get at points where, he would have to wait for me because I died and it would affect his jump because then he would die and he would just get mad at me. But eventually when we did play it and sometimes most of the times that when he, when Contra came up, he would want to play it. So I would have to be not forced to join them, but I would just end up joining them. Um, next is double dragon. And this got me into actual beat em up games. And, uh, my cousin, he showed me, uh, a lot of the tricks for some of these games. So he sh- showed me how to get, uh, all the hearts in the second level at the construction. So I would do that. But then I, I decided to like, let's see how far, uh, it ta- or how long it takes to actually get, um, the hearts. And it takes, uh, like probably, uh, 
about three fourths of the game. Like you could get it around the third or fourth level, depending on what area and depending on how good you are. You could get all the hearts. Um, I've I've always did the trick where when the boss came out on the second level, I would just go down the stairs and you know that would automatically finish that level. Um, compared to the version in the Sega Master System. And, uh, the Sega Master System, uh, which I didn't know, uh, which I'll talk about a little bit later, uh, cause there are two different versions with the Sega Master System. Um, a next one was Mega Man. It taught me how, what, uh, strong versus weak and weak versus strong. It taught me the yin yang method of gaming. Um, definitely with platforming, uh, in that game and seeing what order is best. And, with Mega Man, I can never break that order. I, I literally have to follow Cut Man to Electric Man to Ice Man to Fire Man to Bomb Man to, um, uh, Ground Man or whatever, uh, it, it is for him. Uh, if it did, it, it'll go into Cut Man. Um, I've tried to do it, uh, different ways and it just doesn't work. Uh, because of that, I will always have to read, you know, in that game, uh, you would have to do Electric Man stage twice. Because there's a platform gun that you need to get to do part of Dr. Willie's uh, level. So, I would kind of watch my brother and my his best friend play. And then, uh, I've never brought the game, but I remember... Uh, my brother, you know, being loaned it from his friends. So I would play Mega Man that way. Uh, now, Mega Man 2, on the other hand, uh, that game I got for Christmas. And I spent three whole days at the, on Christmas trying to beat that game, trying to find out the order. You know, definitely going with Metal Man and then to Wood Man. And it's just thinking, I'm like, what works and what doesn't work? And I literally had to figure out how everything works. But then it came to, and this is why the Mario platform jumping was very important to me, uh, to help me focus and stuff. So in Mega Man 2, there's a point where you have to jump these, uh, white barriers. And you can read about this story in, on skirmishfrost.com called The Moment that I write. Uh, I did, um, one of these moments about Mega Man 2, and this is like one of the things I really talked about. This was a, a real major fight because while I'm jumping and the uh, screen is scrolling, out of the background, this dragon appears. And you have to fight this dragon. Uh, you can't really use no special moves. And his hit point is... is uh, is the eyes. So I'm jumping, trying to figure out, like, you know, trying not to get hit, trying to dodge. And I kept falling or it would hit me. And because Mega Man, when you're hit, you fall back. I would get hit and sometimes fall into the pit. And I would have to do the whole, whole re-level over and over. And it was a little bit frustrating, frustrating, but I, I stuck with the game and I really went for it and did it, uh, and really beat him. And I was so happy. But then it gets to the boss, the third level, where you're, uh, you get to the sequence where you have to use, um, uh, these bombs, uh, uh, I forgot his name, Crypto Man or something like that, or Cryo Man. Uh, you have to use his bombs to not only blow up the uh, the wall that's blocking it but use it to defeat 
the um, there's these siren looking things that have bullets coming out of them and they will follow you and you would have to try to dodge them and there's a particular order that you had to do in order to get it to defeat it and what happened was that if you do not do this on the first try you might as well just die because you don't there's nothing to replenish those bombs so you would have to do that whole level all over and i i i died so many times <laughs> and i actually like i said i actually did figure it out but it was one of the most frustrating fights that i had had in a mega man game in a long time really in a long time uh, um, I mean, it's not frustrating as the uh dragon, but when you get older and you go back to some of these retro games, you just be like, the challenge becomes easy because it clicks in your mind that you did all the hard work as a kid and your reflexes are a little bit better and it sometimes could remember uh what you did. Now, this last game uh for the Nintendo uh for the nes and you know i had kid nick i i had double dragon 2 i had rygar bionic commando ducktales rescue rangers uh gauntlet wizards and warriors uh 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 the master of the black ninja there you know just a whole gambit of games the goonies uh metal gear uh, Ninja Turtles, Ninja Turtles 2, uh, the arcade game, you know, that, that taught me to play licensed games and beat em up games and stuff like that. Strider 20, not Strider, Street Fighter 2010, uh, just a whole bunch of games that I played. Top Gun, which was frustrating because I could never get the plane off the ground. Uh, The Legend of Zelda, The Legend of Zelda 2, <laughs> Yacht Club, uh, Zelda 1 is still better than Zelda 2. Zelda 2 is just blah. Uh, Castlevania 1 and 2. I never got to try 3. And I always wanted to try 3 of Castlevania. But Castlevania 2 is phenomenal. I loved it. Uh, I think that one taught me how important localization is. Um, because, uh, with the localization being so jacked up, it, even in Metal Gear, that there are points that I could not figure it, uh, figure the game out. <laughs> but, um, eventually I was able to get everything and get the best ending. Um, let's see, uh, uh, Ghouls and Ghosts or Ghosts and Goblins, uh, you know, that was just like, the Dark Souls, I keep saying, uh, like gaming, like that game is super, super hard. Um, and, and there's, a, uh, in Dungeon something, not Dungeon Explorer, that's the graphics. Uh, there's another one that I talked about that's also hard, but Goose and Ghosts, oh, Capcom, what were you thinking? That game is difficult. And this, and that's kind of the staple of that series that is still hard. But, uh, I want to return to this last game that really influenced me. It made a difference. Um, it's not Metroid. Uh, even though Metroid is good, it, this one was, my versions of Metroid, and that's Kid Icarus. I've never played a game where I, where a platformer is vertical, and you're going upwards. And if you fall down, you lose, in, you lose health and stuff. And uh, you know there are there you get, you know you jump up, and then you get to a point where um, you're like in a maze almost. And I. They, it has a save feature where you have to put a password in. 
And I, I, you know, I got this game for my birthday. And as many times as, you know, I died, I made sure, or, you know, I got further point in the game, I made sure that I, I wrote that code down. And then I would start and continue. Um, of course, because the game has Eggplant Wizard, I was just, I used to hate him. I hate Eggplant Wizard. And I hate his, and I just hate everything about his curses and, and everything. Um, it, it, it gets funny because when you duck as Kid Icarus, it look like his head is making a big smile face and just moving around and stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I worked hard for that game to actually beat it. And there is a code that you can like get to the final get boss, uh, get to Medusa and beat it. But I didn't do that to after I fully explored this whole game and beat it. You know, I I brought the stuff at the stores. Uh, I got my hearts. Uh, you know, just did everything that I was supposed to do. And there's a point where you kind of like hit death, and it just makes this like weird, irritating music. And I was just like, oh, I cannot stand this. And I would have, and I would do my best to get away from it so I wouldn't have to hear it. Uh, but uh. It was my it was my metro because I was searching through that game. I was lost, and I had to kind of find my way through it, and you know, really work hard to play. And that's what I did. And I'm, I'm I am happy that I was able to do that as a kid. So those are just some games for the NES that you know kind of helped me, you know, become the gamer that I am. But while that was going on, my brother had the Sega Master System. So I will also, games that I didn't have on that system, I will play on the Master System. So for instance, Hang On. You know, that taught me how to play a racing game. And I play Hang On, not at the arcade, but like kind of just, um, well, there's two games. Uh, because you could cut the system on and Hang On and the Safari Hunt was part of you know that when you cut it on it was into the system or you, you know if you waited a little bit there was a snail game that you uh, that you could play but i used to play hang on a lot and you know it taught me about um kind of you know how to do stuff manually or do you know do stuff automatically and to be aware of your surroundings to be aware of your turns like if you go too fast you might end up crashing and i used to play that game a lot and i really learned it uh my hero was a basic kind of uh beat em up like action game uh that taught me that games could literally be weird and that sometimes color screen, the color scenes and color palettes really mean something because because the Sega Master System wasn't that powerful, it couldn't do, uh, it couldn't push the graphics like the eight uh, bit NES. So when I played My Hero, because it got like this ragtime kind of old 50, 60 kind of style music. Uh, your main attack was a jump kick and when you got down you would be able to uh uh foot sweep and stuff and that game whoo it's only three levels but it taught me that you know scoring is important to some people and the the longer that you last you know the more your score is because when you walk you would get points and, you know, it was two players, so once again, it's one of those uh, balance off. 
And then uh, at the end, when you actually get to the bully that kidnapped your girlfriend, uh, you have to fight him. The first, I think it's the 10 hits. Whoever's the first one to make the 10 hit contact wins. And so you could defeat the person, the bully, and, you know, you and your girlfriend would like you know be happy together and you're at the beach and stuff you're just like oh lovey-dovey uh this one was just like was like <laughs> that would happen like for 10 good seconds and then he'll come and punch you still your girlfriend and that's when the game repeats but you ha- really have to pay attention to what was coming forth you, you really have to check the surroundings of the animals that you was gonna fight because sometimes you have to drop kit champagne bottles you have to hit enemies you have to jump over dogs and you have to jump duck over knives trumpets like just weird stuff fire would come out of the ground uh you had to deal with frogs just really weird stuff and so that and uh it was part of uh sega's card collection card games like the whole game was on the card uh and it was weird but i still love that game it really taught me that you know how far i could get for it uh black belt black belt was kind of my street fighter in a sense before i actually learned street fighter um it, it's not it's, the boss levels are karate championship uh, in a in a sense but you, you know whoever got their energy down first uh will win and the reason why i say that is because with black belt you were able to jump high in the air to get more energy or high in the air to get points and stuff or be invincible. And what would happen is, is that you're fight through these uh, lands and you just actually are going right. And you're fighting back and forth until it gets to the point where you automatically starts walking into a temple to fight the next person. And they used to have different bosses that were like around the world, but there was one boss that he had a mask and there was a way that you kind of had to trick him and to, you know, hitting him and stuff. And if you hit him in the right way after he, uh, before he hits you, you will be able to take energy off. Um, because if you just try to hit him and stuff and, uh, punch him, um, his energy wouldn't go down. And there was, so there was a certain way that you actually had to beat a lot of these bosses, which I thought was cool. And what happens is that when you actually get them, uh, with no energy, a big Chinese symbol will pop up and then you should slowly start hitting them. And for me, you know, that was like, I was always into martial art movies and this just made me really want to get into more into it. And it's just like, it was, it was a beat em up game that I really loved and enjoyed. And, uh, I remember at one o'clock in the morning, just out of the blue, I woke up, uh, and I used to live in an old apartment. Um, uh, I would, you know, cut it on and I would play it. And, uh, I would just end up beating it before, you know, going to bed and stuff. My my mom and dad didn't know, uh, but I would just cut it on, cut the TV down low and just play the game and, uh, get as far as I can. And then one day, one night at that one o'clock night, I just ended up being the game. Um, another one is the ninja. I actually had to find in like a video game magazine, uh how to beat this game like i didn't know that you kind of had to hit this tree but it's it's another it's a ninja game that's kind of a vertical action game so you're throwing stars 
uh, at these enemies. And, you know, you got to hit trees and stuff like that for secrets and everything. And it gets to a point where the game kind of repeats until you find that secret. And I end up finding, you know, I read the magazine book and I found that secret. So this is kind of the first game that actually helped me learn uh, how important strategy guys are. Um, Alien Syndrome uh, was kind of one of those arcade to... Uh, home system ports that I'm that I remember um, because I never seen Alien Syndrome in the arcade. Uh, it was the first time that I was playing the game on a timer, in the sense that I that I had a goal that I had to try to reach and save as many people as I can, and then fight these bosses. Uh, the thing with it was that the uh, bullets that you shoot out wasn't going across the whole board; they was only going to a certain distance and you know, because you're on a timer, you kind of got to try to work your way of saving people and getting through that board. Uh, so Alien Syndrome, uh, such a good game, uh, but it, it's very dated and uh, I, I, I don't think I could ever go back to it. Uh, Space Harrier. Um, this was my Star Fox before I got to Star Fox on Super Nintendo. Um the thing about the space area is that it wasn't inverted control. So when you when you press up, you went up. When you uh, press down, you go down. So uh, you're floating and you're actually uh, flying in that kind of space where you just see Harrier's back. And he kind of got this this gun. Uh, it was weird with the sound effects though, because at the bosses, when you hit them or you, you start hitting some stuff, it makes like, uh, it's like, it sounds like you're hitting glass for some unknown reason. It, it was a weird clanking noise, but, uh, this game had like about 50 some levels and I'm like, what in the world? I only could get like about to level 13 or something. Uh, and I've tried many a times to get, get to the good, uh, through that game. Sorry about that. Um, but I, it was one of those games that I would die, play again, die and play again and, and progress. And still to this day, I've never got a chance to beat it. But I, I love that game, um, uh, that vertical shooter. And I literally had to dodge. I literally had to make sure that, uh, when I got, when, when I ever I got hit, you'd be like, oh, and he'll fall down to the ground and then he'll get up and the game resumes. It was really cool. It was really cool to see that. Uh, so, uh, the last but not least, Double Dragon. Now, let me tell you why this Double Dragon is different than the NES one. So, the Double Dragon on, on the Sega Master System was the arcade-style version. So, it, uh, it had two players, um, Billy and Jimmy. Uh, one played as Billy, one played as Jimmy. Jimmy was the red one, and I played as Jimmy. So, uh, my brother played as Billy. I had to be always two-player. Um... And, uh, because the sound wasn't always, always like really good, um, the game was a little bit faster than the Nintendo one. So, uh, I could respect that. And I used to punch and kick a lot. Um, it, it was very challenging for two players. Um, but, you know, fight, being able to fight the last boss, uh, beating the game, uh, uh, with my brother but you know I had to die I had to let my brother beat me so he could save Marion and everything would be good but I played it by myself a lot after he gave up on the Sega Master System so this was kind of the first game that we actually double dipped into a series on two different platforms and they came out to be different so uh 
usually th- those games definitely helped me get into a lot of the beat 'em ups, a lot of the shoot 'em ups, uh, a lot of the platforms formers uh actions and adventure and stuff that you know the legend of zelda actually gave, got me into adventure role-playing games so like that's why i hold secret of mana up so high and like even link between worlds like i hold up high because that was kind of the games in a like elantra those are kind of uh, role-playing games that i like better over the turn base uh games uh, but during that time, uh, I did, I was into arcades also. Uh, so Kid Nick Eye, uh, was another game that I, from Dead East that, uh, I will put my money in. No, I think it's Irem. I believe it's Irem, not Dead East, Irem. Bad Deuce is Dead East. Uh, I think this one is Irem. Uh, it was a game where, uh, the arcade, I love this game at the arcade, just hearing the music and, uh, you know, my ninja got a, a rat tail, but spinning my sword around and, you know, hitting every, hitting these like weird face mask blue ninjas and red ninjas and stuff. And what would happen is when you get to a boss, uh, you, you would hit them. And if, if it hit and connected, your sword would fly back. So you have to race to go get your sword. You have to hit it like the hit them three times. Um, I kept dying after the first level. I've only got to the second level in the arcade game, but I eventually, when it came to Nintendo, I ended up beating it. But it was the game that I would run to every time I went to the arcade. My mom would give me a dollar, and Kid Night Guy was the first one. But then stuff started advancing, and so uh, Final Fight came on, and I played that religiously. Um, there was something about, you know, beating people up, and but having more of a fight base like a, like almost like street fighter and so i have more of if i keep punching and doing this combo as a regular attack it takes off this energy and it just got me into you know more games like that and i'm just like wow i love beat em that's why she's a race too so good um and it was always about survival and fighting weird turkeys and jump cans and stuff and i've never i never thought about beating up women i never thought about you know different for uh ethnic groups and stuff my thing was to punch an enemy get points and see how long i could last off those two tokens that i put in so like final fight like really solidified how i got into like those kind of beat em ups um Pac-Man was a game that I played at Six Flags Great America. And I, uh, this is another game. Actually, uh, I played this one on the Atari. Um, but I used to play a lot of it at the arcade. So, um, I did end up getting it for the NES, but I feel like the arcade version is just a definitive, uh, edition. And, you know, I, I actually learned this strategy off my sister because when she played Pac-Man, I would do the, I would kind of try to mimic what she would do. Um, and sometimes it would work, sometimes it, it didn't. Uh, so, and I also had Miss Pac-Man for Atari 2600, uh, War, I had, uh, Pac-Man Jr., um, just a whole bunch of games for, for the Atari 2600. Um, and that was kind of like, uh, kind of a game of, that was like my retro game console compared to the NES and Sega Master System. Like those games were like the modern day. And if I really wanted to go back, you know, I would play the Atari 2600. So, um, after that, uh, definitely, uh, more, uh, I did play a little bit pinball, even on NES, but actual real pinball, I used to play at the arcade also. Mortal Kombat. 
Um, it, it was the first violent game that I played where I seen blood in the game. And I really didn't pay attention to blood in the game because of how Street Fighter, strong Street Fighter was. Uh, that I was all about, you know, learning the techniques, learning the fatalities, and just beating opponents. The like the blood never bothered me. I never became violent from or anything. It was it was the kind of game that I was just like, I I want to learn this game so I can defeat my opponents. Um, the Simpsons by Konami was a another four player beat 'em up. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game. As good as that game was, I feel like the Nintendo version was better. Uh, but uh the simpsons i love you know i was playing as bart i was playing as homer but lisa's kind of my i like playing as lisa uh i I kind of love her she's kind of like the raphael of the group and i i actually like that i really i I love just like hitting um her uh hitting people with the uh with the jump rope and her animations and attack patterns like if you really study them and time them and you know you know learn where the hit detection is you can pretty get i used to get up far really quick with her uh for that uh and also the nintendo select so if you uh this was this the nintendo select was not only at we had a place called child's world and in it that when the wizard came out it had super mario brothers 3 in it so uh i would get 25 cent and you would get get like good three or five minutes to play this game and i would try to get as far as i can i even like remember where how to do the uh the get to get the whistle and actually, I I I did get the whistle, but the timer ran out, and I like, oh, dang it! Uh, and Super Mario Brothers three, th- if you thought the Super Nintendo is gonna be hard, and the uh, NES Classic was hard to find, Super Mario Brothers three was the hardest game I ever had to search for. I ended up buying that game at Suncoast, <laughs> so that kind of tells you about that game. Um. Uh, the Nintendo, but the Nintendo Select, uh, it was more arcade at the, our nearest Pizza Hut. You know, my mom took us, us as a family to Pizza Hut. We'd get a Supreme Pizza and a Coke, um, you know, jug. And while everything was cooking, my mom would give me 25 cents. I'd go to the arcade for the, uh, the Nintendo Select and I'd play Contra or Mario or Castlevania or Double Dragon, like Double Dribble, some other games and stuff. So it was, it was my game. It was kind of like the NES on the go. Like that was kind of like my handheld. But you know, my mom always, always knew that you know you you gonna be wanting to not sit here and wait for this pizza. So guess what? Here's a quarter. Or here's some quarters. Go play your arcade game and then come back. And that's what I did. So, uh, Pizza Hut with the Nintendo Select. Uh, Rolling Dunder was a game at Namco. Uh, it, it was one of the the games I just couldn't understand with all the doors and shootings and shooting the characters. And the character reminds me of Lupin the Third every time I see him. Uh, but. It was just a weird game. I, I that was a game that I didn't understand the mechanics of it. Now that I watch it, uh, I'm like, okay, now I understand how this game goes. Uh, but last but not least, for this arcade game, Ninja Gaiden. Uh, 
This was the first and only game that I played at the laundromat with my granddad. Uh, my granddad would take me to a particular laundromat, uh, laundromat, and he would give me a dollar. And because it was fifty cents to play Ninja Gaiden, only got like two play, two chances to play. Um, because it was auto scrolling, and I didn't really understand the game. Uh, I would look at the continue thing, and I. I I would when I seen seen like how it ended. I'm like wow, and I would end up using the the dollar and stuff. And every time people came in and play it, I would go and study. Like that was a game that I studied, and I didn't really go to the laundromat that much. But like when my granddad used to go, uh, if he needed to. I will be there right along with them. So uh, those are the games that started me uh, in the beginning as a kid. But there was also something as a kid that really helped me be to become who I am as a gamer. And I'll talk about that when I come back. <music> This next thing as a kid was <laughs> my magazine Bible. So everybody could pretty much guess what it is. If you don't know, uh, the Electronic Gaming Magazine or elect EGM. Um, it, I, I'm a big, big, uh, very big book person. And so uh, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to reading books, uh, I definitely definitely love reading EGM and you know it was a monthly uh you know monthly magazine five dollars uh and only place that I would get this book at was our nearest Walgreens so when my mom said Eddie I'm going to Walgreens I would run <laughs> to go with her because she knows that I need a EGM and you know of course I would I wouldn't pout or anything but I would definitely run to the magazine section and you know I didn't want candy or cookies or toys not too many toys or stuff like that like my world was about video games and like EGM was my bible and uh this is a funny story um one day at church uh it's it's uh i used to be an usher for church and my mom was giving the usher board because she was kind of over the usher board at one point to she was getting usher board uh gifts and stuff 
So, uh, everybody, you know, kind of gets a scarf or, or, you know, people were getting different things. And so she calls me up and she's just like, my son, you know, everybody knows him, how he's been ushering, doing offering and stuff like that. And she, uh, gives me this box and tells me not to open it until I get back to my seat. So I, I'm just like, okay, so I go back and, uh, I opened up the box. Like, didn't nobody know. And, and it was like EGM and game and game pro. And I literally almost cried in church as a kid because of how, Imported video game magazines like EGM and even GamePro were were to me. That's you know, like I said, going to Walgreens, like that was my Bible. That was like the way that I got information about games that I would look at tricks and stuff for games that whether I played them or not, like it helped me actually be a collector. Like I still got some old EGMs back from the day um that I collected. Like I I wish I still had the Mega Man two one and I still wish I had the Legend of Zelda one. Uh, but I don't have them. Um, and I have, ever since EGM has been around, I will always go to the store and buy them. I, you know, EGM, EGM2. Now I do Game Informer because of, uh, GameStop and stuff. And, uh, and now I also buy Edge Magazine. Um, but like EGM back in the day, it, it was my game, you know, uh, and definitely when it came to E3, I would read everything that they showed about E3, you know, I was just learning and stuff and I would just be like, oh, okay, you know, these journalists, uh, going to show off the latest games and they would talk about international games. So I would learn about Japanese games, uh, American games, European games, just like just different games that I would never get a chance to play. And you know, they didn't really focus on importing, but in the back, you know, if you want, wanted to do stuff like that, you could, like I said, six and trips, uh, quarter man, he came up with the rumors and a majority, like 70 to 80%, uh, a lot of his, uh, rumors will come out. And I actually got to meet the person who was quarter man. Uh, actually me and him fought, no, uh, quarter man, sushi X, um, uh, I actually got to meet both of them and like Sushi X is an amazing street fighter from the the regular street fighter. Amazing fighter. I was just like, wow. He was able to do Ryu's Fireball with ease. Um, the reviews were always important to me, even though I, as a gamer, the reviews, uh, you know, now really says something about like, should you really buy a game or not? Back in the day with the NES and Sega Master System, and even when it got to the 16 bit, you literally would just play anything that was available to play. Uh, or that, or the box looked good in the, uh, back, you know, telling the story looked good. You didn't really think about, uh, gameplay stuff like that. And like, even Nintendo Power, like, I didn't really think of getting because even though it was Nintendo focused, EGM was focused on a range of things. So, uh, it had, you know, EGM opened me up to more experiences and, and still to this day that I just love. Um, as the evolution of EGM came, you know, Dan Shoes, uh, um, Scott Sharkey, uh, uh, Jeremy Parrish from Retronauts, Jose Otero, now of Nintendo, uh, uh, Karen Chu, uh, she does Good Job Brain, um, and just everybody at One Up went, like, One Up started to arrive, um, as Ziff Davis, 
like they they their reviews and stuff really meant something to me and their journalism you know their journalism and the stories that they put out were huge were big like i would read everything from back to I me mean, from front to back about them about their work and i used to love their discussions and sean baby talking about the bad games and stuff like i was so into that and i had been collecting them the day that they first came out i had been collecting almost all those magazines um you know like i said they're friday in the futures they just approve over time with them in the magazine uh and the art design for a lot of them sometimes uh the publishers would, would give them some art designs and sometimes they will uh reach out and have others do it like if you are able to look up at, at google the when tomb raider i think it's tomb raider one or tomb raider two uh they did a uh they took uh someone took all the screenshots from the actual game and it kind of made a picture of Laura Croft. It's an art style and I've, I'm not just, I'm sorry everybody I don't know off the top of my head but I looked at it I'm like wow this is really really good. So yeah uh, EGM that was my uh, Bible. Uh, game Pro you know with the uh, heads and stuff and um, their pro tips for a lot of stuff and their strategies because you know they used to have uh, um, some strategies for, the, for a lot of the games and stuff like five to seven pages um and uh egm they had a little three-page thing of chrono trigger and so that's how i was able to get to the like through the first part of chrono trigger with ease until i met met master moon and then i was getting my tail whooped uh but yeah uh back in the day uh during the 80s and part of the 90s the nes sega master system arcade and definitely egm still to this day have influenced me you know it it, it made me want to become a, a writer made me uh read more because uh, like, i was just reading books and stuff and you know uh, when it came to like writing stories and stuff or doing any type of writing egm always came to my mind be like if i want to write about anything i want to write about video games uh and but i would i was i never knew how to form a opinion as a kid uh but now i do not form an opinion and i'm able to express it more so when i come back i'm going to be kind of uh dialing into the historical 16-bit era and why that was kind of like the golden moment for me as a gamer and i will talk about that when i come right back Thank you. 
So the historical Sissimbe era. Um, I'm going to do this one a little bit different. I'm actually going to start off now with the Sega Genesis because that was kind of the first one that came out before the Super Nintendo came out. And uh, once again, <laughs> you know, my brother being the Sega kid and me being the Nintendo kid, I ended up getting uh, the Super Nintendo after he got the Sega Genesis. But I would do most of my gaming on the Sega Genesis before I got my Super Nintendo. Uh, and my friend, he actually got his Super Nintendo because his birthday was earlier than mine's. Uh, so when he got it, uh, I ended up playing more of his system, but then I got to end up getting it for Christmas and stuff. Uh, so... But the Sega Genesis, of course, ought to be, see, since that was a pack-in with the game. Uh, another thing that me and my brother played, and when we learned the, uh, the trick on how to do your own stage selection and um, how to, what animal you want to use on what board and stuff, we were, uh, because of the game being slow, uh, you know, slow moving and really not that challenging, uh, we would just mix stuff up. Uh, just to see how far we could get and what animal actually works better in that game. Uh, so yeah, also beast. Um, Michael Jackson Moonwalker was kind of my first music rhythm game in a in a sense. Uh, because of Smooth Criminal being such a good song and stuff. Uh, you know the game starts off with Michael Jackson. Uh. Uh, with that song playing and stuff, and then like more more songs is playing and just different levels and stuff. And there is an arcade game that's like on a diac where you play th uh, three versions of Michael Jackson and stuff. Uh, but it was always funny when I got to like the third level because you would fight zombies in it. Um, and then Michael Jackson Moonwalker, um, it was a one player game. You had to find these girls. Uh, and she was like, "Thank you, Michael." Every time you fight them, so you kind of had to. Explore and look around. Uh, you would kick as your main attack, and little sparkles would come out uh, for it. Uh, and it was kind of uh, it was a cool game. Um, you do have on the uh, A button on the uh, Genesis controller when you spun when you got to a little point that uh, it would actually help uh, help you because it would grab all the enemies that's closer to you guys would do a dance number, and then when uh, Michael ends it the enemies fall over and die. Um, there were like bosses and mini bosses that you fought. And then at the end level, you would play like a spaceship game. Uh, but it was really cool. It, it, you know, I enjoyed the music from Michael Jackson Moonwalker. Uh, Joe Montana football. This is a uh, sports game that I was forced to play with my brother. Uh, and he will always beat me because I hate football. Uh, but eventually I ended up beating him one and I never get, got him, uh, got him a rematch, a rematch. And so he said I can never play the Genesis again, which was fine because I ended up still playing it after he got done with the system. Uh, Beyond Oasis was, uh, the Genesis leg, uh, Legend of Zelda for me. I enjoyed that. Uh, Golden Axe was actually, uh, we had a place called, we got a place called Video Express and we had one closer to us and we would rent that game and, um, we would beat it, uh, like, a, you know, it was a, another beat em up And I was always playing the female. Um, or I would play the orf. I never played the main hero. I beat the main, I beat it with all the characters. But, like, anytime I play it, it the female will always get picked first. Um, 
and it wasn't an attraction thing or anything like that. Uh, she, I didn't, I never felt like she was over sexualized or anything like that. Um, I, I just felt like hitting people with this, with her weapon, with her sword and kicking the crap out of those L's to drop the magic. I thought that was literally funny, but yeah, I will always just pick her. She was, she's kind of the first female character for me that I played in a video game. Over others, over other, uh, female characters. Um, Pat Riley basketball was kind of the first basketball game I've ever played besides NBA, um, the one NBA live or showdown or whatever from EA. Uh, Pat Riley basketball was the first one that I played. Uh, I played double dribble. Um, but I only played that with my brother and it wasn't NBA like license. Uh, Pat, Pat Riley was, and, um, I ended up, you know, beating the game. Um, it was fun and easy. Streets of Rage 2 is my game of all time. It, it was one of my games of all time because on how great the music is, the combat was, it overshadowed Streets of Rage 1. I don't care what anyone says, but I do care what everybody says, how they feel about Streets of Rage 1. But Streets of Rage 2, um, I, I, I told people, and you probably heard this on the podcast or something, um, that I would sometimes just cut the music on and act like I was in the club. That's how good the music was. Um, I would play this game. I, I, I mentioned this, that I played the game so many times that I could choose any difficulty and like go through the whole game without barely using the continue. Uh, and then when I, uh, I found a trick on how to land correctly, I found a trick on, uh, when I beat it on hard, you know, this is the buttons that you press for this option mode uh when it came to we uh retro console i played it like crazy <laughs> on there uh but yeah she's a race too uh just a phenomenal fabulous game i think it's one of the games on the genesis a game that rivals the, the super nintendo for best games uh, i mean they got a lot of best games of of all time for me on super nintendo but sega genesis is literally up there with them um, Arrow Flash, uh, a 2D shoot 'em up. Uh, I did another thing on this on the moment. And if you watch, uh, Nurse Gone Rogue, uh, 20 questions, uh, you have to just see that episode, how they all came to the conclusion to that game. Um, but Arrow Flash was my Sunday game. Um, it was only $20 by renovation. And we, me, I would just play it like, Every time I came from church, I would just play that game for a good hour. I love Arrow Flash. It's still good. Uh, Philios uh, is a uh, vertical shooter um, from Neko. And this is the first one that where the, where you have, you could charge your shot, your shot up and release it. Uh, and it looks like it used to be an arcade game. And the only way that you could beat the whole game is that you had to play it on hard. Uh, and I did. Uh, me and my brother, uh, we made a decision of buying this game for $20, um, for, uh, as a birthday gift to him. So, uh, he ended up playing. He didn't like it, but I did. So I, in, you know, uh, he stopped playing it and I ended up just, uh, he would watch me play that game and beat it. So that was the first game that we actually bought together. Uh, I mean, actually for Arrow Flash, I actually bought that for him for his birthday because, uh, I had $20 to, uh, you know, for, um, doing my chores and stuff. Um, and I, my brother's birthday was coming up and I wanted to do something nice for him. So, uh, Mickey Mouse in the Castle of Illusions. Uh, this was another game that you had to beat it on a certain, uh, difficulty to see the real ending. Uh, 
and so uh, I, there's a game that we rented. Uh, we never, um, I didn't really get into it. I got to a certain point where it's like, uh, it's okay. Uh, Forgotten Worlds was another game that me and my brother rented at uh, Video Express. And I didn't realize that Forgotten Worlds was a game by uh, Capcom. Same as Strider uh, that's on this list. Uh, Strider was another game, but I I was so pissed off at Strider for the NES game. That's why I didn't bring it up. That made me like literally pissed off at all and really made me cry because the wall jump did not work. But I didn't realize uh, that Forgotten Worlds and Strider were from Capcom, but Sega published it. So I was like, okay, cool. Uh, Forgotten Worlds is a game that, you know, you're kind of uh, it's a shooter that goes vertical and that goes horizontal and there are stores that you can get and buy stuff uh you collect these blue ores like zen uh to purchase stuff um but it's like you shoot uh you you're shooting for but there's a different button that turns you around so uh while it's going on you have to sometimes turn your you can still move the controller to uh move them around but uh for some angles and stuff you have to turn your character to that angle and shoot and it was a cool it was a cool thing i've never experienced that in a shooter so i ended up uh playing forgotten worlds with the three days that we had it it ended up beating it uh tmnt hyperstone heist and tournament fighters um i bought I bought both games because uh, they were $20 each at KB Toy Store. Um, I could have bought Snatcher, but I didn't have a Sega CD. So I wish I did. Uh, I, I didn't know how, you know, how popular and how most wanted. And it never came to Virtual Console. And I want that game to come. I really want uh, Konami to release that game on Switch. Uh, virtual console so i get to play it uh but hyperstone heist is a different take than uh tmnt turtles in time from the arcade and from the super nintendo version they sell they share some level design uh on uh on both systems but not all the levels are like that uh comic zone was a boring beat-em-up game that was just too difficult and i hated it it was the it was the way that when you see that game on the commercial, it looks cool, but then you actually pay attention to it and play it, you'd be like, oh no, this is not good. Eternal Champions was another cool looking game, but it was a lot, it was just bad. Uh, Silent the Hedgehog 1 and 2. My brother it was into this game with me. Great music, great platforming. Um, I got all the Chaos Emeralds and I beat this whole game by myself. And I showed my brother that I was able to do it. Uh, Sonic 2 is the better Sonic game. Uh, another favorite of all time for me from the Sega Genesis. Um, but yeah, those was the games that kind of made me who I am. Uh, those games, they play a good part because they were like, they, they made me very determined and because I had to play some games with my brother and my brother stopped playing video games uh, a bit after the second Genesis before he came to the Dreamcast. Uh, he's never really touched the Super Nintendo which I'm about to get into. Uh, I I was playing most of those games that he had or he borrowed and I would beat them. So, uh, moving on to the Super Nintendo though, uh, Super Mario Brother, uh, Super Mario World, uh, Yoshi, man, just the music, just the level design. It was a game that me and my, uh, me and my best friend, uh, we literally had to learn that game. We had to learn the strategies. We had to learn, uh, the level design, just everything about it and i literally and i do mean literally love that game i love 
being able to get all 120 or get all the stars doing the star role level uh you know just beating that game inside and out uh just uh i love super mario bro really showed off what the super nintendo could do but i i love it more because it helped me and my best friend like really bond and we still are tight today um a link to the past one of the best zelda games uh ever made uh, it, it could, it kind of continued the trifecta. Super Mario World, Link to the Past is Super Metro. I'm gonna also go add in. Um, I, I love the level design, the difficulty, the bosses, the secrets of Link to the Past, uh, Link to the Past. Um, I, I know I tell people that I, I'm, I really don't want it on, uh, the Super NES Classic because I played it too many times, but I understand why it could be on there. Um, it's still a favorite for many, uh, just i still love getting that princess into the light and she's turning into an actual monster i I just love that um you know the game was like super long uh but it, it's still a one one of my favorite of all times uh like i said super metroid is a classic game of all time for me um love the music love that spooky atmosphere just running through that game um uh, my cousin actually had it uh, when it came out so it was my summer game that i actually played and beat and he had a strategy guy in case if i needed it but i uh, i was i would look at it from time to time it had a cool art and stuff but eventually i got to the point where i was just like you know i really want to focus on this game and if i need the strategy i'll use it other than that uh i just want to play this game you know by myself uh without the strategy guide and stuff uh teenage mission ninja turtles turtles and time and tournament fighters there these are the better versions of of the tournament of the uh turtle games uh then the sega genesis uh, so yeah i had all four games um i actually got tur- uh, turtles in time for christmas when i got my super nintendo and i got tournament fighters funny thing with turtles in time though because my uh best friend had it we played it so much that we just beat it multiple times but i i also wanted to have the game because he had it so that's one of those things and i beat it like with everybody in the comic sans very the way that it looked every difficulty just in and out uh getting the same points almost beating my points just enjoying that game and tournament fighters were superb uh because i'm a big fan of konami still am to this very day i love konami uh, i know they they changed in in their ways and stuff but back in the 16 days and arcade days they were top notch couldn't they were like one of the best third party companies that if they released a game besides the goonies and top gun you would guarantee a hit out of that game uh the trifecta square chrono trigger secret of mana final fantasy 3 secret of mana like i said earlier i i mentioned this so many times it was another summer game that one of my friends from school let me borrow and uh he ended up letting me uh, i ended up buying the strategy book to this game uh even though it was his because uh, there was a point in it i didn't know where to go and so i was spend uh, i was able to buy a strategy guide for this game but i love it uh literally literally love it chrono trigger like i mentioned earlier um i used a little bit of strategy um it was a game that i didn't get a chance to buy because i was just i was just renting from blockbuster and i ended up ended up beating it actually because blockbuster would let you do you rent it for five days and i eventually ended up beating the game uh 
and then returning it before it ended. Uh, Final Fantasy three fighting that dang old ghost train. I've never laughed at an RPG like I had in Final Fantasy three. And actually I ended up keeping the game one time, uh, cause then I forgot to tell my parents to come take me, uh, to the return the game. And, but my auntie, she ended up taking me there to return the game on my way back, uh, from visiting Milwaukee. And I, you know, I had a fee and I never paid it, but they ended up going out of business. So all, all is forgiven. Uh, plus it wasn't my card. Uh, Rama half hard, Rama half hard battle, uh, was, uh, Weird beat em up where it was a weird fighter. I seen this game in EGM and I seen different versions, but like it got localized for America. Uh, and it just felt weird. I'm like, uh, this is not good. Um, it's one of those $20 games. Uh, Super Mario All Stars. Of course I had to have this game. Uh, it was all the, it was Mario 1, 2, 3, and Lost Levels. Uh, it was, you know, all on Super Nintendo. And this is how, was how the Ninja, uh, Gaiden trilogy was. Like, they were the old games, but the sound effects were different, was a little bit crispier. Uh, they did some of the graphics over for those games for Super Mario Bros. All-Star. But uh, it was a game that I had to have. I, I love Mario that much. And still to this day, I love Mario. Like, it's a guaranteed sale. Yoshi's Island. Oh! favorite game of all time like literally in my top five i love this game i love the art style the bosses are one of the some of the best bosses nintendo has ever made and that's saying a lot against the zelda games uh it literally is in my top five i love yoshi's island uh that crown look and you know getting baby mario when he cries and stuff but trying to get a hundred percent and i i really did try to get a hundred percent out this game uh it just phenomenal uh rival turf was a game me and my best friend that's when we both started making bad decisions in games and we'll never play that game but i ended up buying that whole uh, virtual console because i wanted to beat the game for myself i was in a like a beat em up move uh final fight like the arcade of course i had to have it but final fight 2 was better i feel like final fight 2 um you know the sound was different uh and i love playing that smocky the girl i think she was better than cody and guy uh super goose and ghost um which is hair pulling it just it literally made me mad but like what like i said it's one of those Konami games and there's more like Mega Man x like it took the x series to an, another level like like these games made me i would play these games repeatedly like Universes and stuff mario kart you know i would i would play with my friend he owned my best friend owned it so that's why i that i didn't get it because if i needed to play it i'll just borrow his uh we would play wwf royal rumble <laughs> for for eight for hours um uh, he was good at madden and nba live so he would beat me on there uh we played bill Le, Le Bar basketball whatever it was on uh, ncaa basketball for some nintendo and those games were garbage uh super uh i mean contra 3 the alien wars we played religiously learning that game inside out like we was playing a lot of some lot of weird games but saw a lot of great games from a lot of great developers like capcom and konami uh 
and Tecmo and of course Nintendo. Like we was playing a lot of those games and when we found something weird, we would pick it up. Zombies ate my neighbors. Uh, I just did a, pl- a blog about that on Skirmish Frogs. Uh, that's my latest at the moment. So do check that blog out and listen to that story because we played that game on a Saturday and we would spend hours playing that game trying to beat it and we uh uh just so good yeah contra 3 uh i just want to run down these real quick samurai showdown uh i love samurai showdown super mario rpg uh game i never finished like Mega Man x generations uh star fox star fox i played at my cousin's house and i steady steady one of my favorite games of all time also um i i tried to finish that game in one sitting and this is the, this game I learned inverted controls. Never knew what it was called or never knew it. All I know is that if I learned it and I pay attention to the screen, I would be able to respond the correct way. Um, uh, but I just never got far in that game. But I would play it for hours. Like if you needed to find me, oh, Eddie's downstairs playing Star Fox. Oh, okay. That that was me, uh, and I never asked my mom to buy that game for me because I was playing it uh, at my cousin's house. Uh, NBA Jam, I was playing. Uh, me and my brother actually rented that game to play at my grandma's house. We stayed over at her house for that. Legend of the Mystical Ninja. Of course, I'm a person that loves Japan culture, love anime, love their food. And so this game was really up my alley. And I was kind of, I was into like Japanese stuff at that time. Like my taste was leaning more to Japanese stuff and I love it. Uh, Sunset Riders. Uh, one of my favorite games from Konami. Uh, awesome. Uh, Kyle boys that i've never really got into uh but you know it was a game from konami uh and it was a shooter like uh contra um last but not least topographic 16 this is the reason why i brought up topographic 16 is because this is the first time that i went outside of nintendo and sega um this is the first time that i actually asked the console that i wouldn't expect so, um, Bunk 1 and Bunk 2. I actually had Bunk 3. I had the whole trilogy, but 1 and 2, I love it for its zany, zaniness. I love being a dragon with the bone skull on his head. I love just doing that. And hitting people with, <laughs> with Bunk's big head, just just funny i uh, love the art style uh dungeon explorer was a game that i beat in three days my mom it was a game that my mom just randomly bought for me because it was like cheap so she bought it for me gave it to me and was just like oh okay uh and and i beat it for three days i took three days and beat it with one character and went back and started beating it with other characters and never told her about that uh ninja spirit i got for my birthday uh such a great game uh but I've never, I never beat in that game neither. Uh, Slaughterhouse, um, I did end up beating, but that took long. Uh, Parasol Stars, uh, it was like Bubble Bobble, but the human versions of them. Uh, I ended up beating that. That took me almost three hours to beat. Like, it took me a long time to beat that game. Uh, Vigilante, uh, was an arcade IRM game, but it came to Turbo Graphics. Uh, it was it was like only five levels uh and i and i can't believe i had my mom buy me that game for 20 bucks um and when she when i ended up beating it i never mentioned that i beat in the game that like i i took it home beat it within 45 minutes and never played it again like i played it from time to time a legendary axe i actually missed half an hour of school 
playing that game like i forced myself to be late because my like who was it gonna call my mom or anything uh but then i thought about it i'm just like well i just go to school late and i, I did they let me able to come in and stuff and i just told them that i woke up late and stuff even though my brother my sister was going to the same school uh why they didn't bring me along or say anything else about it i thought i was gonna get in trouble but actually i didn't uh keep courage in the alpha zone came with the turbo graphics um it was the first time that i really used the turbo mode because what turbo graphics is it had with this controller it had three settings and uh those three settings were like when you want to do a button like rapid like rapid fire or rapid attack you can hold the button down and it will respond with that control uh with that uh in ease um ease i someone else had a turbo graphics and let me borrow it and then i give it back to him i couldn't understand ease i thought it was cool looking but it was a it, it was not a great rpg for me so when i come back i'm going to actually go a little bit into the 32-bit area or should i say more say the s64 and playstation era and when i uh let everybody know when i come right back Nintendo 64 or when I was reading in EGM it was codenamed Archer 64 which I still think they should have stayed with that name uh, but the Nintendo 64 Super Mario 64 favorite game of all time another favorite one uh, me and Corey, uh, we do a show called Nintendo Power Block, a podcast you guys can check it out at ngrradio.com and on our YouTube page and I got to say, you know, controller Mario, I could, I was walking and running and learning his movements and everything for a whole hour, just like Corey was. And, you know, introduce, uh, analog play, you know, analog controlling. And I just, I never controlled a character like Mario in 3D. Sorry about that. So it kind of reinvigorated me into the Mario franchise where I was just like, whoa, I haven't had a chance to actually feel like I've learned a new Mario game. 
in a long time. Like where I needed to take time and learn it. And that's what Super Mario 64 did. Uh, I was replaying levels. I was trying to get everything. And I eventually did end up beating that game. But I was just like, I'm, there's worlds and stuff that I'm still missing. And I would go into that world and I would learn it. Only thing I didn't like about that game was the, you know, when you got the flying cap and you had to fly. But everything else about it, it, it was a new it was a new focus, a just new viewpoint of 3D platformers and 3D gaming in general. So that's why Super, 60, Super Mario 64 holds a very special place in my heart. That, that's why the Mario series alone holds a special place in my heart. Like Mario Brothers started me off into gaming. Mario Brothers 2, uh, you know, just the music and the gameplay, being able to use Toad, Luigi, and Princess, like Super Mario Brothers 3, uh, just everything about that, the Tanuki suit, the frog suit, turn into, uh, you know, the the leaf with the raccoon outfit, the firepower, the whistles, the just the uh, different bosses and enemies and stuff. You know, the Koopa Kids. Just everything. Uh, every time I play a Mario game, they mean something to me. And definitely with Super Mario sixty four, it really does mean a lot. Uh, Mischief Makers. Oh, this is a game from Treasure. I love shaking up things and throwing it. Uh, and that game was literally hard. And we didn't really get much from Treasure. I just wish we did. Like sending punishment we didn't get it to america until it came to the virtual console on Wii. um the legend of zelda ocarina of time this game made me put down the controller and just think how nintendo how did you just not only change 3d gaming with mario but you changed 3d gaming in general with the lock on with the music the puzzles uh the dungeon exploration, um, going to back and forth to different times, playing as kid, uh, kid link and then adult link or a teenage link. Like it, 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 and it, you know, you learn the story, uh, do a little bit reading. Like the story is a little bit more focused in Ocarina time. And I was just blown, breathtaking. Like the de- dungeon layout, the bosses, like it, it changed, gave me, it just changed gaming in general. Like, there's no other game that has changed gaming the way that it is. You could say Grand Theft Auto did, but Grand Theft Auto looks feels like it took the cues from Ocarina of Time and then just expanded it from there. And made it open world without having the barriers like The Legend of Zelda had. Um, Resident Evil 2, I, it's the definitive version on N64. Um, Donkey Kong 64 was a Christmas game. Um, the DK rap, uh, like I enjoyed that game, but it, it's rare. So, uh, Mario Kart 64, um, it was more Mario Kart and I enjoyed that one. The world is not enough. I played with my friends from, uh, from my, one of my old jobs and we would spend like two to three hours at midnight eating pizza, doing a little bit of drinking here and there, uh, playing that game. <laughs> uh, and it was so much fun. Uh, uh, what was I drink? I was drinking Bacardi Silver. That was my drink during that time. Uh, 1080 snowboarding was fun. Barberman 64 was a Christmas game. I hated that game. After I tried to force myself to love it, I kind of realized that it is a good game, but it now I just can't 
I every time I see it, I just be like, oh, I cannot stand this game. I hate the fact that you have to build up your bombs and then kind of connect them. It was like a puzzle game and stuff, and you had to use these bomb the bombs to like jump because you didn't really have a jump button. And I was just like, no, this this is not me. Uh, Castlevania sixty four, I rented it. Um, it's so okay. I I was able to get through Castlevania sixty four. Um, I never beat it, but it, it's not bad. I think Bomberman sixty four is worse than Castlevania sixty four. Uh, WCGW versus NWO tour world tour. My friend was busting me in the head. Like when when blood came out and he was putting out chairs and stuff, it was definitely the evolution of wrestling games. And like going back on there, it was that two to three hours we was playing matches and we was laughing. Yoshi's story was very easy to get through. Um, and but yeah, that was my N sixty four years of some some games that I was playing. Just really did enjoy that. So uh, PlayStation, I actually got for. Uh, my birthday. Uh, we actually found it at Target, uh, and you know we went up to it's like thirty minutes to to our that local Target, and we ended up my mom ended up buying it. It was actually the three hundred dollars one, and the first game I got for that was In the Zone because there was a game called Run and Gun at the arcade. So, um, and I think that Run and Gun was also they did a version of that for um for the super nintendo but in the zone was like konami's basketball game uh and so that was like actually my first sports one of my first sports games that i actually had someone buy me <laughs> as a game uh final fantasy 7 uh, goodness as much as i love i love 9 i love 10 i love 12 final fantasy 7 as bunger as, as the story was it was that game that really dropped my draw when a, when Aerith died from that. I've I've never experienced death like that, and I didn't get far in Final Fantasy three to experience uh, the opera scene and stuff that happened after that. Uh, but Final Fantasy seven was so unexpected in everything that I I was just like wow, like and it dealt with a lot of themes and stuff. And as a team playing that game. I I never thought I would think of a role playing game like that, and it really care it really helped me carry more about traditional JRPGs. Like it got me more into them with Final Fantasy VII, and it really made me care about story. That's why Suica Den is such a great game. Why Breath of Fire Three was such a great game. You know, being having a chance to beat God and it's a, like a evil female. You know, being able to turn into dragons and going from a little boy to uh uh you know to a teenager to adult with a powerful attack and stuff and learning the ins and outs and stuff like those games were like phenomenal because of final fantasy 7 like cloud and air rift and just everybody in that game really meant something to me you know tifa really means something to me that's why the story and stuff is so important and regardless if you like it or not that uh the material system how deep that was man just very deep i really was into this game and it's still one of my favorites i have it on my ps3 uh i know there's a remake coming uh i think it's on ps4 um uh i have to go and check 
Uh, but if, and if it's not, I'm like, dang it. Uh, if it is, I really want to buy it. I need to buy that game. Um, Loaded was just a long shoot 'em up game, kind of a dungeon roguelike game. Crash went into were games that my cousin had that he let me beat with his, uh, he let me take home with his memory card and beat the game 100%. So when I give it back, he could show his friends that he 100% at the game when I actually did all the work. But I was joining Crash and he actually learned how uh you know he was able to uh get everything also on his own spiral the track dragon also was another platform 3d platforming game and the thing with crash one two and spiral they didn't play as well as mario mario was like mario 64 was perfect and crash and, and spiral they they were good mascot style games for Sony, but they weren't all together. They really had some problems with some of their controls and stuff. Um, the two garbage role playing games, Beyond the Beyond and Wild Arms, they were mistakes. I don't know why they were created. I don't know why I put time and effort in it. I stopped playing those games and I just deemed them that these games are not great. So Jesse Douglas, I know you love Wild Arms shout outs to you man uh but that game that intro you cannot say that that intro trying to get into that game was not difficult because it was uh alondra top down rpg love that game one of my one of my favorites probably one, one probably number five in my top five games uh, and i have to uh really think about my top five games because it always changes uh but alondra love that game toshinden was a joke of a fighting game because soul edge came out and just destroyed it love that fighting love soul edge um uh, you know 3d uh fighting with different weapons and stuff uh i would do the special missions and stuff to get different weapons and I would, I would actually learn like like four characters I would learn in that game to play. I used to button mash, but I don't. Uh, of course, Street Fighter Alpha 1 to 3. Those were arcade perfect ports to me. Um, a lot of loading in, lo in those games for the matches, but uh, the animation is just phenomenal. Uh, Blood Omen Legacy of Kang, uh, one of the first games that I brought on my own as an N-rated game like it like that and resident evils uh re actually resident evil those mean something to me because they when i had a job uh i mean during that time that i had a playstation um i was at the age at 17 to buy in ready games and i was happy to buy these games on my own uh Resident Evil, though, I'll get to that uh, in a few minutes. Uh, Tomb Raider, I played with my friend. That's the introducing the lower craft. Uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, it was a Metroidvania game. Love everything about it. Love playing as Alucard. It had RPG elements, so that hooked me automatically right there. Chrono Cross is a bad Square Enix Chrono Trigger sequel. Just hate that game. They changed the whole gameplay, the fighting, the color system don't like it themed it as garbage it's atrocious people some people love it i think it's terrible uh resident evil so let me get into resident evil um <laughs> my sister oh how young we were my sister was borrowing a friend's car and uh i asked her uh to take me to uh my first job that i had which was at great america and she could help me go get my check uh, and then take me to the bank to go cash it. And then take me to Montgomery Wards to buy Resident Evil. 
She's like, as long as I could get gas, get some gas money out of you, I can. So we had enough gas to get to, uh, to get to Great America and to get to, um, uh, to the bank. So, uh, we, she was kind of almost at E and we thought we was going to run out, but we got to the gas station. I gave her $20. She gassed up the car. She was borrowing someone else's car. And on our way to Montgomery Wars, because going to Montgomery Wars was like at our local mall, and then we would have been able to go home. We got halfway there, and the car cut off. We were just like, no, we didn't know what happened. And so it seemed that the, the car had overheated. So we let the car rest. Um, there was some water in the back. We, My sister somehow put the water in the back. Uh, we let it rest. She cut it back on. It started. We made it to Montgomery Wars. I go in. I buy Resident Evil. And then I go. We ever was able to go back home. Uh, later that day, she ends up taking the car back to her friend and, you know, with the gas. And uh, whatever her problem that else happened with it, that was going to be up on her friend. <laughs> because we were just like, wow. But, yeah, that's how I bought Resident Evil. <laughs> Oh, and it was funny because I played Resident Evil for 15 minutes and then I had to go to high school because I, I was up with my music director, uh, my music teacher with some things at high school. So uh, Mega Man 8 and Mega Man Legends, perfect games. And Fighting Force was a birthday gift that I got that I wish I never bought. I ended up playing that game. It was a beat em up 3D brawler. I was still into beat em ups, played it and was just like, this is garbage. And I was disappointed that I spent my birthday money. But sometimes that's what happens when you, when things look good and, you know, you start buying stuff without, you know, paying attention to reviews. And that's when I started learning in a way that reviews were important and stuff. So when I come back, I'm going to be talking about when I start buying my own video game consoles and games that really influenced me when I, you know, when I started buying my games, uh, what the stuff that I was leaning more to. So uh, when I come back, we will talk about that. So on my own, when I actually like really got a full time job, uh, and was still going to uh, started going to school and things of that nature, uh, brought me a Dreamcast. 
Uh, my brother had one, but he stopped playing it. And he, when he moved out, he took his Dreamcast with him. So I had to eventually, you know, get one. Uh, Soul Calibur. That was a yes. Soul Edge was so deep. Um, and I never got a chance to play Soul Calibur at the arcade. So, of course, I had to have that game. So, um, Soul Calibur is still one of my favorite fighting games. House of the Dead 2, I started getting into first-person shooters. Uh, and, um... Well, rail-based first-person shooters, I should say. And that game hooked me a lot. I used to play that game crazy amounts of time. Now, Power Stone, which is the next game, um, I wasn't into Smash uh, at that time. I didn't get into Smash until I got it for GameCube. Uh, But Power Stone was... It, it was just that game that I love beating people up and, you know, being able to fight people, uh, in an arena based era and learn their area and learn their moves and stuff. And like so power stone is really deep. Street fighter three, third strike, perfect arcade port. This was, this is the game. Now this is why this is important to me because it helped me learn who Akuma was. Now I could have learned Akuma in street fighter alpha, but, Third Strike actually let me learn him deeper than that. You know, his techniques, uh, his special, like, final uh, move and everything that, that was unblockable. Uh, like, combos and everything. Like, I learned everything on Street Fighter Third Strike uh, with Akuma. Um, and, of course, Ryu was, is my main that I always play. Uh, but, man, uh, I, uh, Ika, um, uh, Ikaru or Carvey, uh, she, uh, she's like a ninja, um, not the one in a kung fu outfit, but she's like in a brown outf- uh, ninja outfit. Uh, she was my second main. Uh, I didn't really have to learn Ken because he was almost just like Ryu. But uh, uh, no, uh, Ikaru was my third main because uh, Akuma was my second, and Ikaru was my third. Uh, but she's kind of my first female. I didn't learn Chun Li until after. Um, to uh to after and i actually went back to uh street fighter alpha 3 to learn chun lee uh i didn't really like really play her a lot in out in the alpha games but i learned most of her moves in uh street fighter uh alpha 3 uh but third strike yeah was my akuma uh resident evil 3 i actually beat that on dreamcast uh resident evil co veronica was a mess of a game could not play that game try to get really far uh the camera angles were so bad. Controlling, uh, co- just good. The control was horrible. Uh, the the graphics didn't look up to date. It really looked blocky in some eras. Uh, it was too foggy. Like it was too bright. Like, uh, just that that game was not good for me. A uh, Sonic Adventure. When my brother would bring his Dreamcast over, he would bring that game. Um, I would do most of the work, and I end up getting all the Chaos Emeralds. So when we got to the end boss. All he had to do was beat the boss, and he never did. So, um, Soul Reverb was the kind of the sequel follow up to Blood Omen. Uh, that game needs to come back. Uh, it was uh kind of like almost like Zelda in a way, like a three D adventure Zelda game. Uh, but not really too many role playing mechanics and stuff like that. It had a great story, great character. Just the area and the fighting was good, and just. 
everybody has have always wanted a sequel to it and we never got it uh but soul weaver i feel like that needs a hd remake or remaster and it needs to come back um i end up getting the xbox um fable i end up buying uh my copy was bugged uh even though it was brand new uh my copy was bugged i got to the last boss and it for some reason it it didn't freeze but every time i would uh attack it and stuff no energy was going down so i and when he hit me no energy was coming down so like the bugs like stopped us from like taking damage um halo as much as i played that on almost every saturday the multiplayer is fun the main game was is garbage i i the the shooting the long that library level was horrible the controls for the warhawk felt like rocks in a garbage can that last level was a disaster which is completely unfair and i just stopped playing psychonauts i had to have that game uh, uh i thought that was so funny uh the writing is good the comedy i love 3d 3d platformers during that time and so psychonauts you know one of my favorites of all time also nice of the old republic is i won't speak of that game uh I brought it, played it for five, 15 minutes. It didn't didn't give me no direction, and it made me hate Bioware. I didn't end up like liking Bioware to the. I actually played Mass Effect on PS3. Uh, but Knights of the Old Republic it made me hate Bioware. J Empire was better, um, but I still didn't like Bioware. But uh, J Empire I got for like for fifteen dollars, so I couldn't complain. Ninja Gaiden Black was difficult. I thought I could get it to extra style games because uh, of God of War. Um, big mistake. Uh, the camera. I I stuck with the difficulty. I love the bow. The bow that uh, uh Ryu has is uh, or the staff. Um, I love that weapon. That was kind of the best weapon than the sword and uh the nunchucks it, it took off enough damage that i i i love the animations and stuff of it half-life 2 uh my friend let me borrow i need to give him his copy back because that game is also garbage i don't like the physics in it um th- th- some of the games like this is when i started noticing games the games that were hyped up from a lot of people were really a letdown to me and i was just like i'm not liking this like it it sucked out the fun because of all some of the gameplay mechanics and fundamentals and stuff and i tried to stick with it but i was just like you know i'm spending my own money for these games and i'm not getting no satisfaction for it um they look and they play better on xbox and some of them i did get on ps2 if i couldn't find the xbox version but i'm I wasn't having fun with a lot of them. Um, uh, Breakdown, Black, uh, Black was just horrid. That was just a basic shooter, and it didn't really do nothing for me. It was too long. Uh, it really didn't give me an ending. Like, it faded out at a certain point. Like, you would do this long fight battle for 15, 20 minutes. You would win that battle, and then when you went in the door, thought it was going to have an ending it left it as a cliffhanger and they never made a sequel because they end up closing the studio uh call of duty uh it was fine uh because of medal of honor on gamecube that i had i ended up playing that game uh, i ended up just like liking some of the war first special shooters in call of duty i thought you know was cheap enough on xbox uh playstation 2 jack and daxter uh 
uh, a Naughty Dog game. Really loved that uh, that first one. Jack and Dexter two is horrible, um, but I hundred percent at Jack and Dexter, um, and it was a it was I thought it was the best uh, platforming mascot game Sony has ever released. Um, Ratchet and Clank is a second, but Jack and Dexter is better. Uh, Okami. Oh my goodness! I this was I pre-ordered this game, just like Metroid Prime for GameCube, and what drew me in because I was still I was into anime, Japanese game culture, and stuff like that. Uh, I seen the artwork, and this was something that had never been done before. Yes, Jet Set Force Gemini, uh, not Jet Set, uh, Jet Force Gemini, uh, Jet Set Radio for Dreamcast did sell uh, shady. But Okami took uh the Uku Uki Prince uh and made it to a game. And it not only was it uh a, a really a rip off, not a rip off, a clone of Zelda or it used Zelda's uh layout for it. I love Amaratsu. I love his the name, I love the character, I love like sometimes she's just like you're an annoyance, but I know what my duty is. Uh, and you, you using the celestial brush for things for like creating the sun, solving puzzles. The dungeons were were great. Like I really love Okami, and I love Okami HD. Uh, beautiful. If you guys still have a PlayStation Three, or if you got a PlayStation Two, you got Okami. Put it out. Um, I'm going to try to do an optional opinion of that later down the line. Uh, Rogue Galaxy, great game, great RPG. It, it's an action adventure game. I'm still learning some of the uh the weapon based system like how to make your own weapons uh final fantasy x 10 and 12 were great games i love their story 12 i put 60 hours in zodiac age is out so i'm probably going to double that and put 120 hours in it uh try to level everybody up as quick as i can uh uh, title arcade collection uh because it's a a lot of title games never came to my lattice castle i ended up buying it and uh end up drawing some of the games like that kingdom hearts one and two um i love disney i love square enix on rpgs and uh i poured hours into kingdom Hearts one and two uh i love these games i'm i complain about the storyline i think the storyline is stupid and nonsense but the gameplay is phenomenal i love kingdom hearts two gameplay with the two swords with the keyblades um uh you um Utaka, uh, you know, Utada with Simple Clean and Sanctuary. Like, I love those songs. Like, I love hearing them and everything. Uh, it's just a phenomenal game. Um, but the storyline and all these side games just bring it the hindrance. I know I roll my eyes and I'd be like, oh, come on, Kingdom Hearts 3, hurry up and come out. Like, I am like that, but I, like, when I play Kingdom Hearts, I, I enjoy it. I do enjoy it. Trust me. I do enjoy this, those games. Favorite, uh, favorite RPG. I want to call it one of my favorite RPGs, but it stands up high as one of the best RPGs, um, that Square Enix and Disney, you know, as a crossover ever released. I think it beats out Super Mario RPG, definitely. Of uh, God of War, one was good, and that's about it. Um, Devil May Cry. Uh, 
I I beat one. I beat two. I didn't have too much problems with two, and I never owned three. But it was a weird game, and I I kind of enjoyed that weirdness of it. I think DMC Devil May Cry for PlayStation Three and Three Sixty is like the best one out of all of, all of uh, all of them. And DMC uh for Xbox One and PS Four is like the definitive that definitive edition. Wow, just just the greatest. Uh, Yakuza RPG beat 'em up. Japan, love it. It it knocks everything about me. I love Kazu, uh, love the storyline. Just love how he protected his uh, you know he how he adopted the daughter after his girlfriend uh died and stuff. Just love Yakuza. Still one of my favorite games to pick up. Uh, I support that series. Uh, only one I need to play is two. I got three and four and five i need to get six and i need to get zero uh that's coming out uh i don't got some of the side games that also came to japan but yakuza love when i picked that game up i played it faithfully to the end and i love it i'm like you got three things that i love japan i love being the most in the rpg mechanic sign me up had to have it uh, WWE Smackdown, another game that me and my two other friends played at midnight, drinking and eating. <laughs> uh, GameCube. Now, uh, GameCube, I, I'm going to go through this quickly because it's getting close to the end of the show. Um, so, um, GameCube, Super Mario Sunshine. Love the water mechanic. One of the best art Mario games for me. Like the point, I oh, just love that game. Wish it came out. Need an HD remake for that. Mario Kart Double Dash. As much as everybody love Mario Kart 8, and I, I love 8. Um, it, it, it's a great game. Mario Kart Double Dash is better than 8, in my opinion. Don't get me wrong. I love 8 and everything it does. Uh, beautiful graphics. Love the gameplay. Love the tracks. Mario Kart Double Dash is phenomenal. It, I feel like it's a perfect 10 of a game. Um, I love switching it around. I love the drifting. The drifting in it is easier than it is in Mario Kart 8 for me. Um, Tales of Symphonia. Yes, the voice acting is phenomenal. The story is great. I love that this is a tr- uh, that is it has that turn based action uh element to it to beat up. So I was able to level up and get new abilities and combos. And I love the characters, the storyline, chocolate, <laughs> the, the voice acting, the localization. This game is like oh. Perfect ten, and then when Tales of Symphonia HD came out for PlayStation Three, it just it, it I had to have it. I wish it would come. I wish it would come to Switch. Um, hopefully, hopefully the case the Tales game come to Switch. Uh, just a phenomenal game. Uh, for that, uh, Legend of Zelda: Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. Phenomenal games. Twilight Princess and Wind Waker equal each other. Like they're per- they're perfect tens. Wind Waker with its cell shaded graphics and explorations, the comedy, the bosses. One of the bosses is made as, is a ghost, and when you uh get him with the right light, he'll explode. Up other ghosts, little ghosts running around, and you have to have to hit them. And when you get all the ghosts, the mask that it was just like, huh. I don't got no one can help me. Oh no. And it runs away and it cracks and it breaks. I love that boss. Um, <laughs> there's one boss in Twilight Princess. Uh, you use this kind of spinner thing. Think of, uh, Beyblade spinners. Uh, you use that, 
uh, to move around and it feels like, uh, feels like a clock thing, but it also feels like a roller coaster. And you use that to go up this tower and you have to jump and hit this dragon. Uh, cause the dragon that you fight first is made out of bones and then it kind of, he kind of gets another skin. So it's like a two part fight. Favorite game of, just love Twilight Princess. Um, Breath of the Wild is now number one. I, I, I just made, definitely made it number one. Uh, but Twilight Princess and Wind Waker, phenomenal, phenomenal games. Beautiful Joe won the two, another great, two great games from Capcom and Clover before Clover became platinum games. Uh, love that it's a beat em up. Love like putting stuff in slow time, but also quickly, you know, quickly and hitting them on, hitting them so fast that she bursts to fire. Uh, like the gameplay is, is puzzle, part puzzle, part action. Love those two games. Resident Evil 4 brought in over the shoulder, uh, action. Uh, but it's probably the first game that came out in, I think January was the first game that when it came out was guaranteed to be game of the year. And it was. So, uh, love playing Resident Evil 4. Took me 17 tries to restart that game. And I actually sat down with my GameCube and be like, you know what? I'm going to play this. I don't care if I get scared. And I did get scared because when the wolves came out on the maze and the, the vines, uh, the, the skin would hit you. I, I cut the game off and didn't play it from there. But I, I pursued through, got through a lot of the parts, uh, beat, uh, Salazar, um, and, you know, end up beating the game and was very happy and then the game was like it became easy eternal darkness got the uh with the memory card scare effect i was like ah no i love the scare tactics in this game just completely love it one of my favorite games of all time also prince of persia by ubisoft kind of got me into the ubisoft games um I think it's one of the best platform adventure games that Ubisoft ever released. Two and three were fine. They were good games, but one was definitely the best. Uh, definitely with the, uh, with the time mechanic we want. Uh, Animal Crossing. I hated the fact that I couldn't be here on Sundays because of church so I could get the special thing. And I didn't even think about rewinding the time and stuff to try to do it. Uh, but I played this game for days trying to pay off my house and i did and i got some of the nintendo games and uh, it's just a phenomenal last but not least metroid prime played the demo at sam goody when i pre-ordered it and when it came in i left work drove i had to drive 30 minutes from the game because our sam goody at our local mall by my job didn't have it had to go 30 minutes to get the game uh came in said i had to get my reserve uh gave them my name gave them my information they found it uh they seen that everything was paid off they handed it to me and i went home and spent six hours playing that game after i beat that demo i spent time like getting like maybe one third of the game done so the last part uh i'm going to actually uh that i'll get to i'm going to be talking about uh one dot com one com and how i actually got into the podcast world how one up actually birthed it uh optional opinion so i will talk about that when i come back
So, OneUp.com and the podcasting world. Uh, OneUp.com gave not only articles, but they, get, you know, the, I used to watch the OneUp show and they started getting me into listening to podcasts, uh, from, uh, from OneUp, uh, the OneUp podcast or OneUp yours at that time. Uh, definitely enjoyed them. L- listen to Shane, uh, listening to, uh, Garnet Lee, John Davidson. And at one point, uh, uh, create, uh, Luke Smith, creator uh, or director now of Destiny 2 and, uh, of the Tekken King from the, uh, Destiny fame. Uh, you know, I, and I actually asked them some questions, uh, or asked them a question and, uh, I, I gotta see if I could find it. Um, but they ended up uh, ask, uh answering my question for it, and they thought it was like it was like kind of the one of the first questions, and they really thought it was good, and I was kind of amazed. I'm like, oh, they they took my question. I'm like, how neat. Uh, so yeah, uh, but yeah, that's what uh, that's what made me get more into it. That made me feel like I need to. I, I have an avenue about video games to write about them to read articles and uh once uh each they closed like egm and everybody moved up to one up and stuff um you know a lot of things started going away and everything uh till all of till all of them got fired and uh ziff davis closed one up uh down but at the time um they had where you could blog and uh you know, and write about video games. Uh, so one of was the first place that I started actually digging into writing about games, writing my opinion of, and not, not much, well, sometimes reviews or I didn't really have a review system and stuff, but I would give my thoughts and I would bring up different topics and stuff. And, uh, Jeremy Parrish was asking for, uh, a, you know, a name for a podcast and stuff. And I put optional opinion. Uh, I thought it was a really cool name. Uh, and unfortunately it didn't get picked. So I kept optional opinion and I turned it into a feature on one up, uh, do my personal blog and people were reading this stuff. Um, and what optional opinion during that time was, it wasn't like a five day thing where, where, or a seven day thing or like, or audio anything. It literally was just like optional opinion. This is the topic and this is what I think about it. And I will put at least seven to 800 words to it you know i was really involved and really in depth into it um when games of adventure be or games be at that time also came i didn't move optional opinion over but i was writing blogs on there also and sometimes they were their editors would pick out uh blogs from different you know community people and i would kind of get like maybe I probably had about six to 10 blogs or six to eight blogs, not 10, six to eight blogs that actually got picked for. That was, uh, worth the read that people was involved. And one of them was, uh, I hate, uh, the Xbox 360 and I are, I, uh, um, uh, not hate, but I like, I, I'm disgusted by the Xbox 360. Um, and because of what of that blog <laughs> Damien Lynn at that time he was just like hey it's a very strong word I was just and I was just like well I do because 
you know, and yeah, it felt very ranty. You know, I was still young, still in my twenties and stuff. And if I, because Gamesby or VentureBeat at that time actually closed down, I lost all my blogs from that time. And I really wish they would have, uh, I really, I should have just saved everything and moved it over, but I didn't. Um, what well, one was cool was that on one up that, uh, there was a person who had, uh, a week of, you know, everybody in the community could do a feature and stuff. So, uh, all you had to do was just like, make sure that you get this in, tag everybody and let them know. So the feature I did was a fan fiction story of Metroid. So it was Samus from, uh, Metroid, um, Vivi from Final Fantasy nine and Mega Man. And, uh, the first story that I wrote, like this fan fiction, was a story that dealt with those three with Jason Voorhees, uh, doc, like Dr. Raleigh, uh, Dr. Uh, did something to, um, to Jason Voorhees and, uh, he started chasing them. And so they started going this kind of hijack adventure and stuff. And it was very comedic and stuff. I think I have it on my Facebook page. Uh, so I might post it onto NGR radio for you guys to read on there. Cause I have a blog section on there. So I'm, I'm probably going to post it there for you guys to read if you care. Uh, but yeah, one up was very big to me and like one up podcast, like I said, listening to one. Um, Optional opinion was, uh, was too, uh, was good. And, uh, I used to stream optional opinion. I used to do a video version. And then I met Justin Villarreal, uh, from the Anomalous Radio Network. And he helped me get, uh, equipment and everything. Um, it started me out with optional opinion being a podcast. And, uh, remember the first episode I did was about morals and stuff. And he was kind of like my first guest. And the series did go live at one point, but all those episodes ended up getting lost because, uh, the broadcaster that I was using that I still use, uh, to record was connected to one of his servers. And if his server was down, I couldn't go live. So, uh, and I had to, uh, it was saved on to, I, I mean, it was saved on to that server. And so it would save on to there and upload from there. Uh, but unfortunately I ended up losing those, uh, those episodes. So I kind of had to, you know, continue forth and kind of restart it, uh, from where I left off. And, uh, uh, once we finally found Podbean, I uploaded those episodes on Podbean. And, uh, now that I have my own, uh, after I left the, uh, Anomalous Radio Network, I have Podbean. Um, and all of this now maybe who I am, the video games, podcasting, uh, the writing, you know, out of out of probably about 15 17 years of my life writing about video games drawing playing them uh just out of that now look where i'm at i have uh i i feel like i have a successful podcast i love inviting the guests love having people feel comfortable and talking about different topics and stuff and you know they don't have to host or you know they can learn how to podcast uh through me and stuff try try things out like i, I love having those conversations i love doing uh the optional opinion feature uh, uh, episodes uh talking about movies with anthony Cantu, like the dc ones um uh, 
I was able to meet other podcasters out. And now look at me. Uh, I'm part of NGR recording with Matt. Uh, you know, at one point I was doing multiple podcasts and guessing on multiple podcasts. And I still guess from time to time when people want me to guess. Uh, but I do this, listen to, still listen to a lot of podcasts and I plug them and stuff. And I'm, I'm happy to be a, a guest. You know, I've never would have, none of this would have happened. If I didn't go through all of that and having the knowledge of video games, of writing, of talking with other people, and connecting with them and making an optional opinion to what it is now. You know, I'm glad that I'm on NGR uh, for Nintendo Power Block and, uh, you know, uh, Arsenal X now. I'm glad that I could be a guest on uh, NGR Nurse Gone Rogue. Um, you know, me and Corey first started off uh, Nurse Gone Platinum, and now Moose does, uh, is, he's the host. He's taking over that reign. Him and Jason are doing a phenomenal job. Um, I started with Larry and Adrian doing World 1 1 podcast. I was a host for a couple of episodes. Now Larry's the host. You know, he, this is his baby. Uh, you know, he, he gets a lot of great guests and everything. And, you know, I I had to learn, you know, get that experience that, you know, being a co-host is always cool because you're still having that conversation and you're still having that fun. Um, and now, look, I I have my Let's Learn series on uh, on my Twitch channel, uh, the lyrical one, and I, I am going to return back to it so people can start checking it out and everything. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, all of these things that I got to say, maybe for who I am, like, I'm glad that I met a great podcasting community of people who love to do what I do and speak on different topics and actually do different shows and stuff. Uh, so I'm glad, I'm glad for that to happen. And I just hope that optional opinion could continue to the day that I die or to the day that I can't do it anymore. Like if something comes up and I have to retire the podcast, hopefully that's no time soon because I love doing optional opinion. I love writing, you know, I love doing the, you know, doing my own personal reviews and then everybody read it and, you know, just connecting and being social and just having fun being positive and also having sometimes i could be a negative i forgive me for that but i my criticism of of that is because i know that these people could deliver better or i could see better or you know and sometimes it's just to help people become better i'm learning through criticism of my own show uh and sometimes about me that i i gotta learn so i could be better but it you know that's the way that optional opinion has grown that's the way that i have grown you know i've learned and do with experience and do learning i am what i am today so when I come back, everybody, I'm actually going to be doing some plugs and then I'm going to get out here so you guys can have a great week, weekend or whenever you hear this podcast. So with that, everybody, I will be right back.
So I'm going to just do some plugs for you guys. Um, optional opinion, you can find more of this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and I'm still posting it at the anonymous radio network.podbean.com. So you guys can still check that out. And of Corey posted on NGR radio, you guys can check it out also there too. Uh, just go into the description bar that says optional opinion, click on it, and it'll take you to the SoundCloud page. Um, the deluded geeks on the anonymous radio network.podbean.com. You can find them and like them on Facebook and still listen to some of their old, ep- our old episodes there. Um, the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, like their Facebook page and follow them on Twitter at HH Podcast Show. And subscribe to them on YouTube also. Simon's Cake Podcast at simoncake.wordpress.com where you can hear the podcast, which is also on iTunes. Like their Facebook page and follow them on Twitter at Simon's Cake. Subscribe to them on YouTube also. NVC Video Game Book Club. Come and join us on Facebook and join in, in the discussion. Check out our past discussions on YouTube at B-O-J-O-X-Z. Secret Friends Unite. You can check out their podcast on Podomatic, iTunes, and Stitcher. Like their Facebook page and follow them on Twitter at Secret Friends U and subscribe to their, to their YouTube page, Secret Friends United. They're also doing live versions of their podcast. So check, check them out on Secret Friends United on YouTube. Check out Phoenix Overdrive's content via YouTube at youtube.com slash Phoenix Overdrive. Subscribe to them via SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Phoenix Overdrive. And find them on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music by searching for Nerd Overdrive. Join the the, the discussion via Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash PO Nation. Tweet at them at Phoenix or PHX underscore Overdrive. Or tweet their official podcast at Nerd underscore Overdrive. Uh, For the Extra Life efforts, Check them out at facebook.com slash Phoenix Overdrive or check out their Extra Life team uh, page at extra-life.org slash team slash Phoenix Overdrive 17. Um, and also, as usual, rise above. Check them out at twitch.tv at slash Phoenix at twitch dash. Sorry about that. Twitch.tv slash PHX underscore Overdrive. You can check out the show there also. Uh, Life of Gaming, you can find them on uh, find them on their website, lifeofgaming.net, where you can check out their podcast there and, sound, and on SoundCloud. Uh, follow them on Twitter at Life of Gaming Pod and subscribe to them on YouTube, Life of Gaming. They also have an uh, uh, Xbox show, Xbox Dive, that you also could check out. Email the show at myout2comment at yahoo.com and follow me on Twitter at that retro code. You can read optional opinion blogs on IGN.com under anime, E-N-I-M-E. And you can find my other series, The Moment, at skirmishfrogs.com, S-K-I-R-M-I-S-H-F-R-O-G-S.com. And by the time you guys are hearing this episode, on August 8th, I am participating and uh, review a bad game day. I'm not going to tell you what the game is, but I will be posting that link in that blog also so uh check it out uh you can come see me on twitch and subscribe at the lyrical one capital d a capital l y r i c a l one and watch my let's learn series also check out my mason friend adam twitch channel uh when he returns and i'll give more about that information later on and also check out uh, my other talented friend Amanda at and her exceptional beta uh, video game work at dontripperler.tumblr.com. D O N T T R I P P 
E-R-L-E-R dot Tumblr dot com and purchase some of some of them at Etsy dot com slash C-A slash shop slash don't trip parlor beads. And you can also follow her at, on Twitter at Rudoku uh, to learn more. R-U-D-D-O-K-U. Um, like I said it earlier, I'm part of NGR Radio, so you guys can check us out at ngrradio.com. That's Nerd Go Nerds Gone Rogue. Uh, you can check out that podcast, Nerds Gone Rogue. Uh, Arsenal X, uh, NGR NGP, uh, Nerds Gone Platinum. Uh, World One One podcast now is part of NGR. John's Brew Review, uh, Nintendo Power Block, and, and like Arsenal X, I also mentioned. Um, and our new show, Let's Pod and Play. Me and Corey and other guests will be uh, playing games and also podcasting. So we got a couple of episodes in the back. Our first episode is up on YouTube. So you can check that out. Me and Corey play Tokyo Mirage Session for the Wii U. And what we're going to do is we're going to try to play a game for 45 to an hour. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to discuss it. Uh, and, uh, and also just pod. You know, podcast. We might talk about the game that we're playing, or other things. Uh, you know, other, other topic or news thing might come up. So, uh, come check that out and have fun with us. And with that, everybody. Uh, before I go, I do want to guys let you guys know the music that I have um uh posted in this episode. My intro was New Job Best Prayer. The second track was Dig Dug Trap Beat. Diago Beast Mode Freestyle Beat by Diago the Kid, D-I-E-G-O. Game Over, Super Mario World Simple Beat Trap JTBS by JTBS. Strider Kazak the Metal Slash Synth Remix by Dusk, D-U-S-K. Kasuk uh, 2048 by Dusk, VGM Remixer and Composer. Resistance 2 Main Menu Soundtrack. Um, strike the L, strike the earth, shovel knight acoustic guitar by with either ninja guide into the dark sword of chaos, the NES music act five. And the last one that I'm going to play, I don't know if I played this one. If I did, I excuse me, everybody for playing this one, but, um, uh, I'm playing it again. Uh, this is Charles Hamilton name is the name of the title of the song is called ringtone rap with lyrics. <laughs> so you guys will be able to check this one out. It's a kind of old game. Um, it, uh, you'll, you'll notice the beat and you'll understand why it's called that. Um, this song came out of 2008 from, uh, Hamilton, the, uh, or, uh, Sonic the Hamilton uh, mixtape. So you guys can check that out on YouTube also. But with that, everybody, um, have a great day. Have a great afternoon, great morning, great night. Whenever you're listening to this, if you're working, if you're at home, playing games or anything, uh, hope this podcast inspired you guys who want to get into podcasts, who have, who want to go back and reminisce about the games that help them become who they are. Because with these games, it may be who I am as a gamer. And with that, everybody, I am out. Peace. <laughs> Should be good. Should be good.